This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to your divisional round playoff preview, Browns and Chiefs. 3 p.m. Sunday kickoff. Hope you guys are excited. This is the OBR Film Breakdown, Jake Burns. I am going to check in in just a little bit with my good friends who do the Nothing But The Dogs podcast, John Colosimo, Mike Krupka. I'm going to continue to have those guys on throughout the offseason, too. They do good stuff. So we will check in with them, get some roundtable discussion on this game, what we think the Browns have to do to beat the Chiefs, so on and so forth. Uh, but before we do, we're going to talk quick about the Chiefs. They are 14-2 and two on the year. Um, obviously a pretty dynamic offense. League ranked, they are 6th in points for, 1st in yards. Uh, defense, although the metrics points for 10th, yards 16th, they do perform a little bit worse in those metrics when you look at individual grades and how they cumulatively add up, like 24th in pro football focus rush defense, uh, among some other Notable facts about their defense, uh, they've given up the 20th most touchdown passes on the year. They have turned the quarterback over quite a few times, 16 interceptions, which is 5th in the league. Rush defense, like I said, 21st in yards allowed, 1,954. And uh, high volume of rush attempts, they're 19th in rush attempts total, 17th in yards per attempt at 4.5. So the Browns will have opportunities to run the football, and they will have to be uh, selective when they throw it and trying to find the right matchups. I wrote an article that you can check out on the OBR today about Kevin Stefanski and how he game planned uh, against the Chiefs in 2019, some of the schemes he used, things he didn't use um, that maybe he should have, or some things that didn't work too, so you can learn a little bit about how he might attack them Sunday. Uh, keep in mind he threw five screens for 57 yards, very effective screen game usage. So check that out. A lot of stuff in there. Pat Mahomes, obviously their quarterback. Fantastic player, 14-1. They lost their last game to the Chargers. Chad Henney started. They rested everybody. They rested another week. And um, they are they are well-rested at this point in terms of their main their main guys. They are dealing with some injuries. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, their rookie running back out of LSU, still not practicing with an ankle injury. He did not practice after a limited session earlier in the week. Willie Gay, another nice, promising second-level linebacker player for them, not practicing currently. They will not have Mitchell Schwartz this week. Sammy Watkins is having a calf issue. He did not practice. We'll see if those guys end up playing. It does seem like Le'Veon Bell will be good to go. Uh, Derek Nani will be good to go. Mike Remmers, one of their tackles, good to go. Uh, for the most part, a pretty healthy team. Um, like I said, Pat Mahomes, 38 touchdowns, only 6 interceptions, uh, 4,740 yards, 66 completion percentage. The best quarterback going with Aaron Rodgers, neck and neck. Um, it's going to be all hands on deck to stop Pat. 
The recipe, I will just say this, I say it later, you got to rush four, you got to drop seven, you got to find a way to bottle in Kelsey the best you can and do not get beat deep by, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is their leading receiver. Uh, sorry, actually, Travis Kelsey ended up with their most 105 yards, sorry, 105 catches, 1,416 yards, 11 touchdowns. The leading touchdown guy would be Tyreek with 15 touchdowns. 87 grabs, 1276. McCole Hardman, in his second year now, has become a really nice threat for them. 41 catches, 564 touchdowns. Demarcus Robinson, 45, 466, three touchdowns. Sammy Watkins, 37, 421, two touchdowns. So any of those four receivers they will play. And then obviously Kelsey will be on the field almost all the time. And then uh, Clyde edwards lair Caught 297 yards on 36 of those catches, a touchdown. He ran for 803 yards and four touchdowns on 181 carries. Anytime you can get the ball on Le'Veon Bell, Darrell Williams, Edwards Alaire, any of those guys' hands, it's it's a it's a net win. Getting the football out of Pat Mahomes' hands is the best case scenario for for whenever you play them. On defense, big names up front, their best guys, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Seven and a half sacks for Chris Jones in the interior. Frank Clark with six sacks. Not as good a year from Frank Clark cumulatively uh, as, his, as his previous year, but he still can be an effective pass rusher. Chris Jones is one of the best interior players playing. The Browns will have their hands full between Betonio Treader and uh, Wyatt Teller. Alex Okafor, three sacks. Michael Dana has two and a half. Uh, they had some guys pressure from the outside. Jerry Sneed with a couple as well um not a not a high volume sack team though tackles their leading guy in terms of tackles is daniel Sorensen, the free safety who i think is susceptible to a lot of things in the passing game anthony hitchens one of their linebackers damian wilson their other or their other two and then tyron matthew as well we all know about him uh his versatility and uh all that dangerous stuff that he brings interception leaders matthew had six for the season 70 return yards a touchdown Sorensen had three a touchdown, Legereus Need again, their slot guy had three for uh, 42 return yards. And Brashad Breeland, their opposite corner of Shavarius Ward, also had um, an interception as well. He had a couple interceptions. Ward did not come up with an interception this year. So, uh, listen, you're going to see an offensive line from the Chiefs that is not full of well-known names. Their best player, Sir Eric Fisher, their left tackle, is their uh, best player playing still, uh, having a pretty good year. But for the most part, this offensive line is susceptible to pass rush. If the Browns can get Sheldon Richardson to have a career day, uh, Miles Garrett to be effective running the arc, getting to, to deep drops from home. The Holmes likes to throw downfield, which tends to mean holding the football longer uh, because he's got to let his guys get downfield, let routes develop. It's complete opposite. It's the uh, it's truly the antithesis of what Pittsburgh does when they try to get the football out quick. And they were paying a ton of attention to Miles and committing extra blockers to him. We'll see if the Chiefs do that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. We do know the danger that, uh, that is Andy Reid coming off a of bye week, and he has had two weeks to essentially prepare uh, the physical part of the game for the Chiefs, but also now they've had a week to prepare for the mental side, and they have prepared for Cleveland uh, a little bit as they did for all of their possible opponents. So they had a little bit of a leg up there, and we know Andy can be creative, so how they handle Miles will be something to keep an eye on uh, because it'll be important. And, and really the same too with Adrian Claiborne, who can be an effective high side rusher off the opposite side. He's going to rush off the quarterback's left side, if you're looking at it from the defense perspective, he's going to be the right end. So uh, if they can get a great performance from their defensive line, Porter Gustin rotating in, 
you know, up front, Vincent Taylor and, and Jordan Elliott rotating in. Can they be effective? Can they bottle up Mahomes? Can they stay disciplined in pass rush lanes and make him have to make consistent step up in the pocket type of throws? Pack can do it, but can they consistently make him do that? Uh, eliminate his creativity outside the pocket. Eliminate his deep drops where he's able to sit in the pocket for five to seven seconds because of the drop. They have to be able to do that stuff. That will be the most important thing to track because I do think the Browns' offense will have a legitimate chance to put points on the board. Kansas City's defense is not—it's not full of you know slouches. I think they—they're better, a little better than the numbers indicate, and they're probably tired of the disrespect about their defense too. They've been listening. I think it'll be a motivating factor for them this week uh, to to perform well against the Browns' offense, which they keep hearing about. So we'll see which uh, which side uh, upsets the the status quo. Can the Browns' defense upset the uh, Chiefs' offense a little bit? You know, shake up the, the the apple cart there and and mess with them, and can the can the Chiefs defense rise to the occasion because they're being put on blast a little bit this week? Can they rise to the occasion and keep the Browns in check and uh, eliminate the shootout that many people think this game might be? So fascinating storylines all around. We're gonna jump over to our guest now, but before we do get to our guest, I want to give you a little information on Blue Wire Hustle. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle which is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle's the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode of the OBR Film Breakdown to find out more about bwhustle.com. Again, Blue Wire Hustle, so that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, fellas, we are diving into Chiefs preview. Um, it is it is tough to look at the Chiefs and have um, a great – a great feel for what they're doing because we haven't seen them since 2018. Haven't seen many similar opponents to break them down from a close perspective. I know since 2018, the defense has changed. Steve Spagnuolo is a defensive coordinator. Offenses remain the same and it's remained just as effective. Uh, so I'm curious kind of where we'll start with where you guys are at mentally right ahead of this game, where you think uh, the Browns could, could find some good success where you think like just off the top of your head, where you think that, uh, you know, the Chiefs are, are going to punish them. Just kind of mid – well, I guess we're late in the week now. This will be out Friday. I guess you probably would – would you feel better or worse going into this game since obviously it's a, it's a far superior opponent, but the Browns are getting some important uh, members of their of their roster back and their coaching staff back that can maybe counterbalance a little bit of that feeling. So curious where you guys are at. John, go ahead, man. Yeah, I think, um, you know, offensively, I don't have a ton to say off the top of my head defensively besides watch out, but the uh, offensively, I think we've got, um, we've got our pick. I think uh, we can do uh, if we stay multiple and especially early on, I think we keep them guessing. I think that'll be um, 
big on it. Uh, it would be nice to be able to get to the second half where maybe we could lean on some of the running game a little bit more, but I'm not, not really interested in this whole idea of uh, trying to control clock and, you know, giving up early downs for, you know, for rushing plays to, to run 40 seconds off the clock because, you know, these guys can score in a minute anyway. So, you know, I'm interested in keeping my pedal to the metal. You know, I don't want to see uh, – let's just live in fantasy land here where we beat the brakes off in the first half, like, um, like the Titans. I don't want to see anybody pumping the brakes in, in the third quarter to start it. You know, I just, I want to see these guys pull everything that they have, every, every tendency breaker that they have. It, it all just needs to come out. Now you don't save anything for any, any week past this. Um, I'll, 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 I'll do the trick plays and, yeah, I do want to see a healthy diet of rushes, but I don't want to see them just, you know, quote unquote, run the damn ball, even though we should be able to do that extremely effectively. So, um, you know, that's where my head's at, just off the top. Yeah, man, I think I, I'm I certainly got to watch out on defense. There's no, there's no two ways about that. However, if you look back to week 12 to the end of the season, it's not as though, you know, this team – isn't able to be held in check per se. I mean, the Falcons held them to 17 points. Um, I mean, the Dolphins, uh, the game was close. It was 27 to 32. So I, I see a Browns team on offense, especially if we continue to, like we did last week, if we take the fight to these guys, if our offensive line can control the line of scrimmage uh, again, like we did last week, which was one of the, the, the best games I've seen as a Browns fan, if we can continue to do that on the offensive line and Baker can continue to be decisive, uh, understand what he got in front of him pre and post snap. Uh, I think that's going to set us up for a, a recipe for success. I think the writing has been on the wall that this could be like a shootout very well could be. So yeah, I think it just has to be a situation where we're clicking on all cylinders. Like you said, John, we, we can't hold any stops back. I think every game from here on out is that same way. You've got to expect that from, from this team. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle, but I think going into this game, I, I feel actually a little bit better about our chances than I did against the Steelers last week. Yeah. Not an infallible team. I know we obviously know the names that, that put this, you know, Kansas city group in, in the forefront of the NFL and their record obviously is, 14 and two it's very good but they haven't beaten an opponent by more than six points since week what is it week eight they haven't beaten anybody by more than six and that six point win came against the Dolphins who I thought gave them hell gave them a really good game played them as well as anybody so they have not blown anybody out uh since since uh I think they 35 to 9 the Jets uh week eight something along those lines they've turned the ball over 10 times since week 11 um so they're they're certainly listen we know we know who their talented players are. You'll always be afraid of playing the Chiefs just because it feels like they could score 75 on you at any given point if things go sideways. I think they struck a lot of fear in people earlier this year when they played the Bucks, and and I think Tyreek Hill had something something silly like 200 yards in the first quarter. You're always afraid of that stuff. But that game ends 27-24. Like these guys are good. They're definitely good, but their defense has been largely bad. One of the I think the 31st ranked DVOA run defense they're right in the middle of the pack pass defense wise so there's reasons for optimism for the Cleveland Browns right there's there's obviously a feeling uh, as we kind of we're going to lead this thing off with talking about what it takes the Browns to win listen they're going to have to they're going to have to be able to run if they can run it makes everybody's life easier 
But Baker's going to have to play well again. I mean, if you look at week 13 on, week 12 on, Baker's been carrying this roster for a large portion of it. Um, they've relied on throwing the football from a variety of different settings. And Baker's going to have to play really well. But if they can add the element of actually being able to run a little bit of uh, at will, per se, um, then, then they have a really good chance to put up enough points with enough long drives, enough chewing of the clock to make this uncomfortable for the Chiefs. And if you put them in an uncomfortable situation, maybe the Browns are playing from, from seven to ten points out in front the whole game, and then you have an opportunity to see the Chiefs start to feel a little bit of pressure, right? Uh, I think there'll be some Browns fans in the stands down there. I think they're going to see some people hike their way down and buy tickets and go to the game. And and I think there'll be a presence of a lot of people that will, will, will keep the energy high in the stadium uh, and and – Anything can happen. They're, they're certainly not the favorite. I, I don't think we're silly enough to sit here and say Cleveland should be favored. The weakness of Cleveland, their secondary, although they've gotten some pieces back, it's, it's still their secondary. And obviously the strength, the, the focal point strength of the Chiefs is their ability to throw the football to two people in particular, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has a chance to, by the time he's done, be the best tight end to ever play the game. I think there's, there's a realistic avenue to that for him. Um, you know, I don't think New England people will back off Rob, but, you know, it is what it is. And which is crazy to think that Kansas City could have two of the best tight ends to ever play go through their, uh, go through their roster in, in, in the course of 25 years. Um, but nonetheless, those are who they have to stop. Then there's other guys who scare you. McCole Hardman's a burner, right? You have uh, Demarcus Robinson, who's a threat. You have a bunch of different guys who you just can't let them beat. You can't let Sammy Watkins beat you. You can't, you can't let those guys beat you. And if you recall 2018, which I wrote about it, uh, this this just today at the OBR, it was it was a game that was largely played neck and neck, but the Chiefs made some ridiculous plays. They made a 50-yard screen pass to Kareem Hunt, who, uh, listen, I think Kareem Hunt was the best player on the field that day. He breaks a 50-yard screen pass, and then on a third and 27, when I think the game was still like 21-13, uh, third and 27, uh, they, they hit a, they hit a screen to Darrell Williams who busted like 30 yards, cutting it back across the field. And like, that's all it takes. Browns get, take a sack on a couple longer drives and you lose by two touchdowns. That's just kind of the, the, the closeness of the whole thing. It never looked like a threat. If you recall, that was like six days, seven days after the Browns had fired Hugh Jackson and, um, um, help me out, uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator. So it was a, it's a weird turning point in that season. Uh, it was a weird game, but I'm excited. Listen, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where they're at. The Browns. I, I think that uh, this is a different. I think this is a different animal. The, the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was not playing very well. I mean, obviously the Browns beat the snot out of them, and 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 Pittsburgh hurt themselves. But like, they weren't playing that well. Kansas City, fourteen and two. You know, big time players in, in important positions. Big time quarterback. It's going to be a fun challenge. I'm curious for you guys looking, you know, we'll talk about the Chiefs offense. We look at their defense. It's It's got a bunch of names that you're going to, like, need to look up. We were talking about this ahead of the podcast, like some guys that you maybe haven't heard a ton from. Some names you're familiar with, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. Those guys are their, their guys. But I talked about this with you guys last week. I've said it before. Browns have about eight Jags that they play at any given time on defense, just other guys. So are the Chiefs. So – uh, what do you guys think about their defense? Where do you think the Browns can exploit uh, exploit them a little bit? So I just want to point out real quick that I think even though it's hard to put into metrics or any sort of measurement, that there is some sense of momentum right now where the Browns are 
clearly on this path where they're escalating their level of play. And I just wonder if these two weeks off, for the most part, for their star players in Kansas City gives them some sort of jet lag, if you will, where, again, we can come out and kind of jolt them and surprise them. And in order to do that uh, against the defense, I mean, they really only have three or four guys that can get any sort of pressure on the quarterback, and then there's a massive drop-off. So, you know, our offensive line has to do what they continue to do, which I mentioned on the jump here, is just bring the physicality and bring the game to them. And then Baker needs to continue just to be decisive, I think. Um, I think in coverage, like you mentioned, they've got, you know, uh, Tyrion and, and, and Thornhill, which you got to worry about. And other than that, they're, they're exploitable for the most part. I think if we can run the ball inside, uh, that's where their biggest weaknesses are with the interior defensive line and their linebacking core being probably – uh, I think they're their weakest link. So if there's a way we can set that up to our advantage, that that might be helpful. Uh, and, and again, kind of beating this defense and, and getting ahead of the, the, the sticks and putting us in a good position for, for the game. Uh, and, and other than that, I think it's just going to come down to not, not shooting ourselves in the foot, not turning the ball over, to be honest, because again, besides those four guys, and if you look at how the, the offensive line is played and getting Joel Batonio back, one of the best pass blocking, uh, you know, players in the game, I feel pretty confident about us giving Baker time to to execute. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate Mike and John coming on. I appreciate you listening and supporting as you have all year, checking us out at the OBR website and uh, listening to this pod. Like, subscribe, and uh, give us a, a nice review if you can. Always appreciate that. And remember, your OBR uh, subscription comes with a $1 first month, which is a great trial to see if you think we're worth it. If all the insider information which is going to be paramount as the offseason approaches, whether it's this week, whether it's next week, or after the Super Bowl, the draft, free agents. We're going to have draft breakdowns like nobody else in the Browns market's doing. So please jump on and check out. Give us a shot at the OBR. We would really appreciate that support. I hope you have a fun week. Well, I hope you had a fun week. I hope you have an even better weekend. Check out the Browns game at 3 o'clock. Jump on afterwards. Have some discussions with me at the OBR and on Twitter as we normally do. Appreciate you guys, as usual, hopefully talking about a Browns win come Monday or Sunday night. Until then, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.